Well, hello and welcome to the From Busy to Rich podcast. It is designed to inspire advisors to increase their profitability and their quality of life. Today, we're going to actually close up our conversation about holistic financial planning, part four, uh, about what is it. So with that, I want to welcome Justin. Thank you for being here. It's always a pleasure, sir. And Wes, good to see you, my friend. Hey, Andy. Glad to be with you. Uh, As you say, we're going to land a plane today. Uh, We've had some plane analogies. We've had some movie theater analogies. You know, we've had we've had quite the game with there. We've all subscribed to AMC. That's right. That's right. I'm I'm selling AMC stock is moving as I as as more than below. You get a disc. No, we actually don't. I wish. I really wish they had an affiliate program, but they don't. (laughs) Uh, You know, I've looked right. Uh, So today we're going to land the plane when it comes to holistic financial planning. What is it? Uh, And and I think also what is it and how can you start implementing it? I think if we're, if we're being honest about really what's our goal here is we want advisors to uh, to understand the power of it and then, you know, uh, why they should be doing it. Um, so, Wes, catch us up on um, – t- and today we're going to talk about really the personnel, the relationships, uh, what's what needs to change about your team, about, um, about idea partners, about how you relate to other advisors – uh, so, so catch folks up uh, again. We want to encourage you to go back to listen to the first of the four parts. Uh, but let's do a quick review uh, of those uh, before we dive into these sort of new relationships or new kinds of relationships that you have when you implement holistic financial planning. Yeah, our our approach here and our heart here uh, it, it really lives in this definition uh, that we've been talking about that that Carl Richards uh, again commercial for Carl Richards. You should go dive into his stuff because it's really good. Um, that real financial planning is the constant alignment of the use of capital in, in, in your time and your energy and your money and your talent, assets, to what you really care about. And, and I believe that oftentimes the emphasis is on a plan. And a plan only has value in that it's an indicator the planning process may be taking place. Um, the planning process is all about the activity of aligning the use of capital to what you really care about. And so in light of that, in light of that, that's our approach, our style. There are some, there are some things, some, some cadences, some guardrails, some, some, some things that continually give us the best opportunity to increase our clients' profitability and their quality of life, to continue to align and realign their use of capital to the things that matter to them most. So we went through uh, week one, the clarity regarding the story they're in about capital, about money. Everybody's got a starting point and a, and a place that they're moving towards. And most of them are kind of fuzzy about those things. So really figuring that out. And then in light of that, how can we then begin to have systematic strategy sessions where we whiteboard out ideas that may better align the way they're like expressing life, the way they're doing life in all the big areas that they care about. And there are some, some fundamentals there. And we've got tons of podcast work on all those things. Um, and then, and then last week we talked about systematic proactive strategy management, which is that process of, Hey, once you've agreed upon it, once you've kind of said, Hey, here's a, here's a good, we want to go, we want to fly to Florida. And that's, that's where we want to head here, here, here's where we're going to be starting from. Here are all the things we need to think about in order to best align our trip to the things that we care about most. And then we, we, we need to take the plane off the ground though. We got to go, right. We need, we need to, we need to launch. And, and so oftentimes, because people are really busy and they've got a million things screaming at them, um, we want to make the implementation of that, that plan, that alignment of their capital is 
as, as easy as possible. So every month at a minimum, they're going to get their strategy summary that our, one of our project managers is responsible to make sure progress is being made on that aligns what's, what's right now in progress, what is right now uh, coming up and what is right now on hold. And then we're going to make sure it's, we know who's responsible and what the next steps are and what's holding it up. And, and every year we see the engagement of our clients just stay super, super high. And we are never worried about where are the, where is the Smith family in regard to all the implementation stuff we're looking at. Um, today we're, we're, we're on the final like point. And, and this is oftentimes just like an afterthought, I think with people, but I see it as a, a pillar of, of a really healthy capacity to do this well and to continue to evolve, to become the kind of advisor or the kind of organization the clients you're looking for are looking for is to have a really powerful network of help, really yeah. powerful network of help. I, I want to encourage folks that, that, again, if, you know, we hope you've had success in, 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 in the business, um, but it's a difficult business. And a lot of times what got you where you are today is not going to get you where you want to go in the future. And that's okay, right? That's okay. Uh, but this is the things we're going to talk about today are, are kind of structural. They're relational, but it's also what are the what's the structure of the relationships you need to have uh, in order to really make you know holistic fee based planning um, not just another idea or not overwhelm you, right? Yeah. So so what are those relationships? Uh, let's start with internal. What what will likely change within your own team if you're going to implement this? Yeah, well, if, if you tend to, the tendency you start an organization, if you're starting from scratch and you are the team, you know, it's because it, there's no people or money to pay them. And uh, the issue becomes you get you get uh, survived long enough. You, one of the first things you ought to have on your list of things to do is to 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 really bring someone aboard to help you do the things that are just not your highest and best value to the future that you're trying to create for yourself or for your clients, to be honest with you. Um, there's a whole bunch of things. And I know, um, gosh, on on the Elite Advisor uh, podcast that you, you do, Annie, that you and Sten talked about the positions um, that need to be a part of right. any good team. And I think that's a good one we should link to in in our show notes here. Because there are some like common things that are just, you know, make up the DNA of a good advisory practice. Now, you can get specialized and go a bunch of places, but th- there are things that if you're doing everything in your organization, um, or I would even say, that, you know, you, you, let's say you hire a, a, your first assistant and they take some administrative burden off your plate and it frees you up a little more. A lot of times people stop there and they don't add, well, what what, what can we add next? You know, we're in that constant state. Of of saying, all right, what are all the things I do to to do this well to serve the clients the way I want to serve them, and then of those things that I'm doing, if I had to rank them one, five, ten, ten being this is important and it's important I do it, five being this is really important it's done, but probably someone else could do this as good or better, and and I could hire someone to do this if they don't already exist in my organization, and one's like those things that we don't even need to do this anymore. But every single quarter, one of the things that we do is we, we do that exercise. And I'm going to tell you, every, every single quarter, duties shift around internally. New positions get created for like on our, on our checklist of, hey, we really need to bring this in because they could really help with this. So I would recommend that you just take a good look at things you do because, you know, we get comfortable in it. We feel real busy uh, doing a lot of tasks that, that we had to do at one point. And 
Now, recognize hiring somebody also, also means that your your uh, cost of doing business goes up. But I've never seen it where when you kind of know the role that you need to have, when you bring it in, it doesn't fairly quickly work out to where it increases the earnings that you have, uh, not just potential, but real dollars that come in yeah. and more than pay for the position and your quality of life goes up. I mean, which is a big part of, of this business too, because I'll bet everybody's got stuff on their list they're doing and they hate it because it's not, it's not how they're naturally wired. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would encourage folks, I think on the, uh, you know, one of the things our mutual friend Stan Morgan says is the great news about hiring someone, unless they're a professional athlete, is usually don't pay them the whole salary right up front. There's no like million dollar signing bonus. Uh, shout out if you are a professional athlete and that's how you got paid. Good for you. But, uh, you know, with most people, it's like, gosh, I don't know if I can afford $60,000 a year. Good news. You don't pay them that in the first month. Right. That's right. Uh, and maybe this isn't, I don't, I don't know. I just threw out that 60. I don't know what the dollars are and wherever you would live for whatever position we're talking about. But, you know, let's get really practical and really simple. Okay, Wes, let's assume this person's making five grand a month. I mean, I don't know, but let's just assume they are. How many plans, if we're really talking about planning, do you need to be able to have done or have them contribute to take care of, um, you know, for them to pay for themselves? What are we really talking about here? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, again, I guess, depend on your average plan, but, you know, not many. Not many. I mean, you're, you're, it's not a hundred, you know, for for a really good skilled position to be able to day one make that impact um, of immediately paying for themselves in that role, right? But also, Andy, it's it's it, what that doesn't account for is your your own that frees up bandwidth for you, yes, in creativity, in in capacity to make an impact, and because we don't live in that world before we hire this person, it's very difficult to imagine. Well, but I'm not producing that now. Well, you simply don't have the the capacity to produce it. You may think you do, but right. but but you don't until that person's actually in there, and now you're free to use that creative energy to to really really move forward in that regard. So within your team, the first you know the first relationship that will change is you need to probably add a new relationship to your team, uh, and that could be someone that wants to be an advisor eventually, yeah. that is an advisor, right? Uh, but this role is to begin to manage this new client relationship, correct? That's right. This, uh, like having a project manager position is one of the, I believe, such a a, a seed of growth because not only is it going to take a lot of bandwidth off you, it's going to free your thinking. It's going to keep the client more engaged. It's also going to give that, that most of our lead, our, our uh, uh, project managers are are also growing if they're not already to be lead advisors. So you get reps really fast by seeing what actually goes on in meetings. And then you're, you're actually project managing the, the outcomes with that client. Many of those clients, they'll become the lead advisor for at some point, just, just because of the natural growth and shifting that takes place. Um, it's a lot more fun <laughs> to grow that way, in my opinion, um, particularly if you're a brand new advisor and you're like trying to figure it out. A lot of doors you can go in. We'll probably do a podcast on that at some point, but, and a lot of approaches to doing this business, I really, really like the idea of getting getting your feet wet, getting reps when you are in a meeting with another really elite advisor and then managing client progress because then it's natural for you to take that next step at some point. Yeah. And yeah, this is a conversation likely for another time, but I, I think of what a tremendous difference it would be to enter the industry and say, you know, sit at my feet 
and learn versus, oh, welcome, get out there and sell stuff you don't really understand <laughs> uh, to people that really you don't know. Uh, which one do you think is going to work long term, right? Uh, Justin, you're laughing. Tell me more about that laughter. <laughs> well, I've been a part of both process. So, yeah, yeah I know for, firsthand what that's like. And I've yeah, had a, let's just say I've, you're not you're not part of the other process anymore, right? That is 100% correct. And I've, I've had to go back and have com- like I've been long enough in this business to have to have those follow up conversations of remember what we did my first year in this business? <laughs> yeah. Have a conversation. Let me start making some adjustments to it. Not that it was yeah, bad. Different. Yeah, I've, I've had some enlightenment. Way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I, Chris, Wes, the first relationship is within your team. What's what's right. the next set of relationships that need to change? So, I I mean, there's there's really two sets, but let, let's go with uh, the other professionals that you utilize in your network of help. So. This is going to be things like in our world, pretty common ones that that I think you need to groom and, and have are really good CPAs, really good attorneys um, of all kinds. You know, the, the those are kind of staples because of the nature of the type of work we do. There's a lot of interaction with those people anyway. And and a good one, when I say good, I mean it's it's like <laughs> so most people when they you come into business, they're like, hey. Go make a bunch of relationships with CPAs and attorneys so you can get a bunch of referrals. Yeah, that never happens, by the way. That's that almost never works. Um, but the 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 thing you can do, and this is really where our approach has been, is I want to meet with great CPAs and attorneys and talk to them about, hey, what what strategies do you see that are working out there that may be unique right now? What is your approach to helping clients that that you're working with? What are some unique things that you're seeing in the marketplace? And because here's what I know, I'm going to run into people. And that are going to need a lot of what you do. And or I may come across somebody that that idea you just gave me that's on my narratives checklist, along with the others, they they, they need that executed and they need somebody that knows well that idea. And I'm going to have questions along the way that I go, hey, I'm working, I'm seeing this client. Do you see any opportunities here that that I may be missing? Do you see anything they could do different here? And so I think having a, a really good um, network of help when it comes to great CPAs, uh, great attorneys, tax attorneys, estate planning, business attorneys. It, it, it's great because your clients will need them to do stuff. Um, and, and then you're going to get better as a result of having people you're doing your own strategy sessions with brainstorming. Um, you know, I, I forever will be happy to say, Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to, uh, you know, engage you for a couple hours of your time so that I can just get to understand your business better, try and hear about unique ideas that you're seeing in the marketplace that may be useful to other people. Um, almost never do they actually charge you for that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, let me be clear. When you said engaged, that means I'm willing to pay you for your time. Yeah, but, but I am completely a, willing. Yeah. I am completely it, willing. It, they just most of the time don't make me do it. So yeah. they say, hey, I get it. Like, listen to this. This is the two This is the two contrasts, right? Number one, hey, you don't really know me. Uh, I'd love to sit down with you and tell you about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. There's more, Wes. It gets worse. Uh and your belief is at the end of that meeting, that person might send you business. Yeah. Right. Um, the second is, hey, I'd love to pay you for your time. And then I want to hear more about your ideal customer. You're saying this to the to the idea partner. I want to hear more about your ideal customer. I want, you, I want to hear about your best ideas so that I can share them with anyone that I interact with so that I can send them to you so that they may also pay you. 
That's right. Uh, and can I buy you lunch? You know, uh, you know that's that's a pretty different relationship. You bet. It's a very different relationship. And 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 what I would submit is, and um, uh, you and I are, are part of a summit um, here in Nashville, uh, and and this is something we've talked about. That what's interesting about the right COI partners is that they end up viewing you because you are they view you as the COI partner. That's right. Like they're like it's switched. It goes from like, oh, you're gonna send me to like, no, it's just this awesome reciprocation that happens. I don't know if that's a real word, but it is now. Uh, but it it this this back and forth is so healthy because guess what? You can't send them business unless you have great ideas. You also can't really do planning very well unless you have great ideas. And unless you want to go become a CPA and you know, an expert in all these different tax strategies, i.e., you know, I spoiler alert, you don't, right? Yeah. You need these idea partners. So, Wes, on a really practical level, idea partners, you approach them and offer to pay them for their time. Your wording with them is, um, I want to be able to send the right people to you. Is this right? Yeah, along those lines, because yeah, I want to understand your approach to the business. So we understand as we run across clients that may be a good fit that need help that we can plug them in to who you're looking to serve. Yep. And then also, um, I want to be able to talk to, to my clients enough to say, hey, have you heard about this? And, you know, this idea, this strategy, so that if it's the right fit for them, I can then send them to you. Right. Because right. you can send people to them. Unless you know sort of the bridge that a strategy, the idea that that connects them, right? That's right. Um, and so that's really what you're you're asking for some time. You're asking for, you know, who 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 are the people you want to work with, and then um, and I think maybe one more is who what what kind of advisors do you like to work with? What what's your best? What's your favorite advisor relationship? Yeah, and then try to do that and say, well, and and this is a little dangerous, but also say. Hey, what, what, uh, what, what's been bad? Yeah, you know, like, you know, uh, just so you know, like, oh yeah, this is one person, and they just incessantly call me, and <laughs> whatever it might be, or they keep sending these clients, but they're they never tell the clients that, like, oh yeah, you have to pay them too. Yeah, that's right. You know, the fees are sort of murky, and that's not good, right? Um, so that's the idea, of partners. Tell me maybe just a quick uh, example of how that's gone really well. Yeah. So we've got, I'll give you an example, an attorney that uh, has we've worked with for a decade now, um, developed this exact way. And uh, probably for seven years of that relationship, he uh, did great work, uh, was, did it on time and kept all his commitments and gave us every year, we'd have a brainstorming session. And he'd, he'd generally have a couple of gem ideas that I thought, and that could be really useful in a, in a certain set of circumstances that we would add to our, our, our list. So it helped me a lot. I, I, I mean, we, we ended up, you know, by, by clients needing that work done, he ended up doing quite a bit of business as a result of our relationship and, uh, and being the guy that could do those things. And then, you know, all of a sudden out of the, out of the blue, after all those years, he started sending us people to work with. And saying, hey, you you need to, I just did their updated their will, but Wes, they really need everything you do, the holistic approach and to, to really get in there and align their 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 capital with the things they care about most. So I, I told them they should they should really consider working with you on this. And and so it's it's it did arrive at that place that most people try and start at, 
where you're getting people from it, but it was it was never the the, the front side of it. So it worked out really, really well, um, continues to be a great, great long-term relationship. Yeah, and again, I think it's being patient uh, in that. I, again, if if the goal and the only goal really is like, I need clients, I need clients, I need clients, I need transactions. Um, yeah, I understand. I understand the pressure of, you know, I want more people sending me more leads. Um, but I, I just think, frankly, on a realistic level, if there's eight other advisors who ask them the same thing and want to have that same kind of relationship, you know, the chances they're like, you know what? I, I just met you, but darn it, you're right. I'm going to send everyone to you. It's pretty small, right? Yeah. Um, and the other part is, you know, as you meet people, if 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 your value is in your ideas, you need those ideas. Those are really, truly valuable. I right. just think it's such an appealing way of being approached. You know, if someone approached me and said, Andy, I want to pay for your time. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and not, I want to buy you lunch. That's not paying for my time. That's paying for my lunch, which I was right. going to eat anyway, right? Yeah, that's so, right. Pay for my time. And then, hey, you know, I want to know your ideal people to work with. I'm still listening. I'm happy to have that conversation. Like, that's great. You know what I mean? Uh, so I just think it's it's a really healthy way. Uh, what's the last group of people in their relationships you want to have uh, if you're going to really get serious about planning? Yeah, this one uh, is is an, a good network of other elite advisors, like people that are doing it at a, at a high level, um, putting yourself in regular community with them. It, 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 and this isn't just once a year conference. OK, I think that's great. I think we need those. I think that's important. But having some some rhythm to the interactions where you're showing up at least on a monthly basis, I'd say. Uh, Andy, and maybe maybe in some cases more, where you're talking through a lot of the same things that everybody's uh, that that everybody struggles with, but somebody will have a great idea. They're, you'll share strategies. Let's brainstorm your best strategies that you're seeing right now and how you approach things. And you just get to see a different slice that you don't get to see anywhere else. Um, and and it's people that are kind of in the trenches that that you like to fight in. So I, I think that that's a, a critical to find a good community and plug into it of other su- other successful people that are are doing doing it at a at a high level. Let me speak to some of the challenges of this. Uh, you know, I I think that there can be a sense of competition, scarcity, and also sort of machismo of when you get around some other advisors that it's like, you know, I just they're more about proving themselves than they are about sharing what they know. Those aren't the people. We're not talking about those people, right? There can also be a thing within your own company. A lot of times that there, there's a there's this weird nuance that there can only be, you know, a one leading scorer or one leading rebounder or whatever on a team. There's got to be, you know, only can be one MVP. Uh, so again, there's sort of that that um, uh, competitiveness. I think there is something special and nuanced to getting around people that aren't necessarily inside your own company. Um, or structure, or even age, or years in the business, um, that if you can find that group of people, and it is a truly collaborative environment, um, and there's lots of different coaching programs out there, um, but I, I think that the greatest uh, appeal is often not the the things they teach you, but it's the people they put you in the room with. Does that yep. make sense? Yep, I totally agree. Some of my some of my best uh, ideas. For, that ultimately led to massive progress in in our organization were at the 
lunch in between sessions or at the, you know, fun gathering after the sessions and the sessions are good and, and you need them, but um, it is, it's, it's that those iterations that go back and forth and those conversations, I think that can be so impactful and meaningful. Gotcha. Well, let me ask you this within your own company, what are things that you do uh, to make sure that you're finding other, how do you find other advisors that, that, that are the generous types? How do you find them? Yeah, I think there's um, some really good ways to do this. One is um, small study groups. So where you've got like, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what the right number is, Andy, but I, I know that like I'm I'm in one that's got seven, and seven seems like a pretty good number. It's um, probably under ten. Yeah, I'd say under ten for sure. And and I think those they're just a little more intimate in the sense that you're you're kind of sharing, Hey, here's where I'm at right now. And here's, here's kind of where I'm trying to go and what I'm struggling with. And, and you all can feed into each other's ideas, get the best of your ideas. And, and um, so I think there's that, that level. Um, and, um, you know, qu- question I get about that often is how do you find that? How do you find those relationships? And I, and I think it's not, I, I think it happens a couple of ways. One is just b- being a part of development. If you're, if you're, if you want to be in community with a bunch of growth-minded people, small community and large community, you need to you need to put yourself in places where people are growing in the direction that you see is valuable organizationally. So, in other words, I probably don't want to go uh, to to a bunch of industry events that are all about like oh I don't know let's sell an index annuities. You know that's a, I'm not saying you know that's that's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that. I want. I would really prefer to put myself in environments where people are becoming high-level, elite planning type advisors, growing planning operations. Yeah, you may use those products. Those are, but those are ancillary. So um, it, it, it's things like that. So, like a couple of examples that we real-world plug into is, um, you know, we we've got the the Transform University that we have advisors gather to every year, and we see a lot of study groups emerge as a result of that. You know, it's basically a a six, uh, it takes, you know, four to six months, depending on how we cadence it. And then we do a live event here in Austin once a year or twice a year where people that have gone through that can come and get to know each other. And a lot of those people end up emerging as, you know, small study groups and, or they build on their study group. Uh, another one is a lead advisor network, Andy, which you're, you're heavily involved in. In fact, I know that this will probably air after the, uh, the, the, meeting we're having there um, close to Nashville, but it's, you know, we're, we're on calls every month, uh, multiple times a month, kind of sharing ideas, best practices. And then um, we, we, you know, come and gather together uh, once a year at least. And, and you kind of find your, your tribe, you know, in that, you know, not everybody that's a part is going to be like your best friend, but somebody may. And, and because you, you have enough iterations and you kind of get together. So I think there's, there's cool ways to do that. So you kind of be along to a lot of the larger stuff. And I think that matriculates down to the, to the smaller, more, more uh, intimate groups. Yeah. And I want to, I'll close with this and you'll get the last word here, Wes, of course. But I I think that, again, I want to remind people on this is, you know, as this, this will, you know, you're going to be listening to this in the first or, you know, maybe a little bit of the second quarter of 2023. Like, you know, it's always that annual reminder of, you know, um, gosh, if I want things to be different, I need to do something different. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, the, it, the, there has to be a change to be a change. Right. And I, I know a lot of things that Wes talks about are, are, are really 
some people are kind of shaking their head going, does that really work? Is that, are there really people out there that'll pay for my ideas? Cause I, I literally have just been giving those away and, um, and, you know, I have to hire someone and, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I, there's, there are advisors out there that want to like share their like good stuff with each other. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't know there's advisors out there like that. Like this sounds, you know, um, the, 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 some of it sounds a little far-fetched, frankly, but what I want to encourage you who are listening, uh, with is that we know it's true. We know it's true. Uh, and it's true for people who've been in the business for two years and the business for 30 years. Sure. And that's pretty much everybody. Right. And so my encouragement to you is if you want your business to change, then I just have a question for you. What are you going to change? Yeah. What are you going to change? And I think that Wes and Justin have given a great blueprint over the last four episodes of some things you could change. And my conf- I have the utmost confidence in saying this is if you make some changes, things will change for the better. Wes, I want to give you the last word. Go ahead. I totally agree. Reminds me of the great Andy Stanley quote that says, direction, not intention, determines destination. And, and I think that is uh, exactly you know, here's all, Hold on, Wes. One of the problems with the smart things you say is you say them so fast because they're so embedded into you. So slow down and break that down because you dropped this truth bomb and it's like, hold on, I'm trying to, and so it's like I try to take a big piece of that Denny's steak. I'm just kidding. The Ruth Chris's steak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I got to chew on that a little longer. So say it again, but let us chew on it a little bit longer. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So uh, direction, not intention, determines destination. And what I know about every single person that's listening is you want things to be better. And, and you've got a version of what better looks like in the story that you're in in your life. And you have intentions of doing what's necessary to, to inherit that future. But it doesn't matter unless you move in the direction of that future. And that means activity and it means different stuff than what you're doing today. Cause you know, different and always better, better is always different. So we got to blend those things in to the rhythm of your, your, your life. Well, Wes, thank you. And thank you, Justin. I want to encourage you who are listening. Um, you know, one of the things I've heard that this this idea recently of, you know, would you rather read, you know, five new books every month or the five of your favorite books every month? And it's interesting because a lot of people are like, man, I, I think I just need to keep going back to stuff I already know and like do it. You know what I mean? Uh, so there, that's a nuanced conversation. But what I want to encourage people to do is go back and listen to these four episodes. Like with your podcast, then you can listen to it a little faster. Apple has that. Spotify has that. They all have that little... So you can speed us up a little bit, except for when Wes has his wisdom sayings, then you have to slow it down. You can slow it down when Wes does it, drops his truth bombs. But listen to this again. Don't just listen to it. Once. Listen to it again. Maybe listen to have someone else that you're listening to it with and say, okay, what are we going to change? What are we going to do different? Because Wes really has very generously set out a, a playbook uh, or a map for you to follow uh, and just start implementing things. Uh, I do want to encourage you to go to westyounglife.com. Uh, and there's resources there for you to begin the journey. Uh, check out eadvisornetwork.com, a company I work with and for, uh, and, and see if we could be a help to you. And if you uh, happen to be a part of that community, then you get to sp- spend some time with Wes Young. And so that that's the greatest commercial I could give for it. So, uh, Wes, I want to give you the very last word uh, as we wrap up this uh, four-part series. Thanks, Andy. It's been a pleasure and looking forward to uh, episodes to come.